Banner, how are you feeling tonight? I know you've had like five beers or so, but you still think you're good to hang out? Yeah, I don't know, man. It was the 37 hot dogs that I paired with it. My stomach is fucked up. I think I'm going to have to bow out, man. Damn. All right, well, that sucks, but I hope you feel better. Uh, all right, Horns, I guess it's just uh, me and you tonight, so be me and you splitting an Uber. No. We need to circle back. We can't leave them behind. Whoopa, whoopa. Okay, maybe you should stay home. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. This is our review of Ahsoka Season 1, Episode 7, titled Dreams and Madness, which was also the theme of my bachelor party, so that's cool. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the mad scientist Brian Banner and the American hero Nate Thurman to review this episode as we do all of our television episodes using the four bro four squad criteria which is the acting the story our favorite scene and then any theories and questions in the series going forward uh, we begin with the acting and cast nate thurmond i will throw it to you ahsoka finally back in her own show <laughs> yeah think of the performances in episode seven uh yeah good good to have the namesake of the show finally finally back in it after being in it for like a minute in episode six but I, I think they they made up for it, in my opinion, honestly, because um, the highlight for me was Rosario Dawson. She came in and there was a visible change in her demeanor and how she was acting and moving throughout the throughout the episode. Um, you saw kind of like a fire and, and an anger within her. Um, I know it was taking an episode off because it was uh, two episodes where we got her in um anakin interacting but that really changed her i think to the core and i think she i think she did a great job through through like the lightsaber fights and just through any of the dialogue and in her interaction she had she she had that drive to go forward um so now that she's back that i mean that was the that was the one that really stood out to me even with like some newcomers coming into the episode yeah and i'll touch on this in a second but i think nathan i think i'm echoing on your screen um Never mind, I don't hear it now. I, my one complaint, not my one complaint, but one complaint I think a lot of people will have about this show is Ahsoka's name is obviously on the, you know, it's it's the she's the title character. But I don't feel like her, even though she's had a lot of screen time, I still don't feel like her arc is the one that we're following closely. I know that oh, emotionally. We'll get all this to this stuff, later. We will yeah, get I'm, to this later. I, I know, promise. All the stuff get with her. Get your popcorn Anakin, ready. Actually, it's not gonna be that bad. <laughs> all the stuff with her and Anakin have been great, but like I don't feel like she's the primary focal point of this show, which could be okay because, again, Boba Fett, when it worked, he was actually not the main focal point of his own show. But yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to work here, I guess. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from on that. And I think they just needed a familiar vehicle um, to the masses to get to where we're going. So 
Uh, I completely understand where you're coming from on that, and I don't disagree with it. Um, but I think this is the way they had to go about it just to get everyone to buy in on it. Yeah. All right, Banner, we had Amon Esfandi showing up playing your boy Ezra Bridger. What do you think about him or anyone else in the acting and cast? Uh, again, I thought I think he did pretty well for an Ezra Bridger that we haven't seen in, what, 15 years? Something like that. I mean, he went from a teenager to a full-grown man now. Um, but you could tell he hasn't really had a whole lot of interaction with uh, humans. Uh, just with the way that he talked, he was still kind of a, a naive, I don't want to say naive, but he was very childlike in, in the way that he talked um, yeah. from being stranded. And I thought he did a really good job of really capturing the the cadences and, and stuff that Ezra had uh, in Rebels. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about the fact that he's been with the Noti for the better part of like a decade and a half. Um, and I obviously don't have the, I haven't seen Rebels for the listeners at home, so I don't have that baseline or that uh perspective to work off of but i thought it was pretty good um i will say the acting in this show has been just really disjointed like the people that i've liked like ray stevenson as balin rosario dawson as ahsoka have been really really good and then the people that i have had issues with have gotten worse like natasha lubordizo she might be a great actor but dude this was bad not in this It, it was bad she has episode. the same face in every screen, and it looks like she's, like, constipated. Well, she's not even asked to do much. She's just w- fucking whiny the entire time. And, like, the Ezra and her reunion, uh, they really didn't play it, like, with too much emotion, which I was a little surprised by, because based on, like, everything she did to get to this point, I thought that there would have been, like, more of, like, a moment when they reunited with I mean, each other. I mean, I think that's the best that they could get out of her. Well, I was going to say, even how subtle they played it, I was like, dude, what do you do? Like, people don't act... The facial expression she's giving and stuff, I'm like, people don't act like this around other people. It's just... It's rough. And in a show where her character has probably been... And maybe this is the problem. Her character has probably been given, like, some of the biggest emotional scenes outside of, like, the that one episode where it was Ahsoka and Anakin interacting. Like, she's just fumbled the ball, I feel like. Nate, one last thing. I know last week you were... Reasonably so, singing the praises of Ray Stevens and as uh, mm-hmm. Balin. What did you think about him this episode? We didn't get much of him, but like always, he really leaves an impact with pretty much any dialogue that he gets. Uh, yeah, we we didn't get too much of him. I mean, he still played kind of a key role, even in the scenes he wasn't in with uh, Thrawn's discussion of him and kind of the plans moving out um, the way they are. But uh yeah, like even his his limited interaction with him and Ahsoka w- was great. Um, he's still playing that dominant figure, and I think he's he's playing it pretty well. And the, their lightsaber scene was 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 a pretty good standout from this episode. They always leave me wanting more when he fights Ahsoka. Oh yeah, lightsabers. Yeah. Anytime he's on the screen, I want more. Like he is, in my opinion, the most interesting character of the entire show. There's so much mystery with him and. He always leaves me wanting more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that, that's a that's a great point to drive home because I think we talked about it last last review, like where he could go or like where his mindset is. We don't really know. He's keeping it pretty close to his chest. He's had a couple dialogues that have revealed a little bit, um, but even when we got into theories and questions a little bit, we're like, 
he could he could stay on the the dark side. He could go to the light side. We don't know. Um, we could see that shift um, in the last couple episodes here. He's a free agent at the end of the year, so if he doesn't get a contract, contracts up, contract yeah. year. You know, that's um, why right, ready to move on. <laughs> Story and plot, ready to move yeah, on. Let's do, let's do it. All right. So once again, IMDb just kind of like it's like, did you just watch the first scene of this and then that's what you wrote it off of? Because the plot Thanks, synopsis on <laughs> plot synopsis on there says Hera must answer to the New Republic while a reunion takes place far, far away. And yes, Hera is in the episode. That was like a four or five minute scene. And then <laughs> that's like, really disjointed. That's the most mundane plot synopsis for like something that was 5% of the episode. <laughs> right. What? So I just wrote down uh, Ahsoka finally shows up. I don't know. the. Na- Do we know the name of this planet? Peridia. Yeah, we had this discussion last episode. Yeah, we got deep in the woods. Yeah, Peridia, that's right. So uh, Ahsoka arrives on Peridia, and then we sort of set up. There's really like now three sides, because I don't think Balin and Shin trust Thrawn at all. So it's Balin and Shin versus Thrawn versus Ahsoka and team. And all that is sort of coming to a head here for the final episode. So, Mm -hmm. Banner, what did you think of the story and plot here in episode seven? Um, I liked it. I thought it was, it was good. This was perfect to set up this final episode, um, next week. The the pacing of this episode and really the show in general, I thought has, has been pretty good. Every episode for the most part has been equal parts, character development, action and fighting and moving the story along. And I thought this episode was kind of that that bottleneck point where all those kind of come, start coming to a head, right? Um, I think Nate men- mentioned Ahsoka's demeanor is different now. That's from her experiences in the last few episodes. Um, we have, okay, Sabine has now met with, with Ezra, and they're being hunted by Balin or not Balin. Again, we don't, I, don't, I don't understand what he's what his motives yeah. or anything is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we obviously have Thrawn, who is like, always one step ahead um, and realizes Thrawn is gone and, and is still a you know, step ahead, transporting those coffins into his ship. Yeah, so what are those again? We don't know. I have speculated, and I've, I've read some stuff and watched some YouTube videos that they're coffins of Night Sisters. And they want to bring them back to the uh, OG galaxy uh, to repopulate, I guess, the Night Sisters and uh, of Dathomir and, and stuff. Wow. But yeah, that was going to be in my theories and question. And maybe it may have been a dumb one because I was going to phrase it as I don't. I may have missed it in the episode if they well, said. I don't. Yeah, I feel like they're. I don't think they said. I think they just said we. Cargo. It, it's just cargo. So it's, yeah. it's it's still up in the air. They just look like coffins, and I thought that was a really cool theory, being that he's working with the Night Sisters, and you know, that's how he's, that's been his medium to get back. Um, well, and, and that that plan is where all like their lore and myth came from. Exactly, so it, it makes sense and ties in. Um, but I'll jump in real quick and just comment on w- one piece of the the plot and story that is stayed tried and true through Rebels and everything. Just thrawn's overall demeanor and his mindset but in that scene um when he's talking to the sister and ahsoka is being distracted basically he's like yeah fuck yeah that's fine like 
time is the thing she's running out of and like that's all i was trying to do because we got all the cargo loaded and we're gonna fucking get out of town now like he, he wasn't even really worried about like having that grand battle with her at all he was like i just want to like slow her down a little bit so i can do this thing but i'm gonna play it this way so everyone thinks i'm doing this but really the right hand's doing this the left hand's doing this so still 10 10 steps ahead at every point he's a master tactician it's awesome yeah it's pretty great uh, the only thing I wrote down, <clears throat> maybe not necessarily with story and plot, but CGI in this episode I thought was a little bit rough, like especially where they're on, uh, I don't know what, like Mammoth back or whatever when they're riding. Yes. Um, yeah. When Ahsoka rode away, that was really. Yeah. It it just it felt like when when you were playing like uh, a, a racing game on N64 and you can tell that like the environment is moving and not your car. Yeah. And so I don't know if we filmed this in the volume or not, but it definitely didn't feel like it because it felt very, it felt much more green screen than the volume typically does. But again, I'm not, don't have a master eye. At any of that yeah, stuff. that, and uh, I really hadn't thought about this until you brought it up. But when in the Balin Ahsoka fight, the uh, the ship comes in and like fires some some blasters at the ground, and he kind of comes up out of the smoke. I kind of got that same feel. It was like it felt disjointed a little bit. It didn't seem as fluid as some of the CGI has felt in the past. Yeah, speaking of that scene, Hu Yang was being just way too fucking cavalier with, like, shooting on the, like, <laughs> yes, there are enemies there, but Ahsoka's also standing in the middle of all of them, and he's just, like, fucking unloading on them. <laughs> the yeah. whole battle. Yeah. There were some really cool visuals in this episode. One of them, just like a small part, and then we can move on to best scene, was when Ahsoka like slid down the boarding ramp onto the planet. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was, was cool. That was I nice. also really liked, uh, and again, this kind of goes to the fact that Ezra has been marooned there by himself, but the way that he fought using the Force with the Force pushes and the Force pulls Dude, and shit. And he, he has like some of the strongest Force pushes I've seen in Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. yeah, like you can't even do that in like the video games. It's like Randy Johnson, where he's like, I, once I get to two strikes, I'm just gonna throw the slider and it's all over. Ezra's like, fuck the lightsaber, <laughs> watch this force push. Like, they yeah. can know it's coming and they still can't hit it. Yeah, but I so, thought that was really cool, and that's how you know he uses his or he defends himself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the the one small, just stupid little gripe I have. Is, is related to that. Um, whenever the whenever that first that battle scene starts, Sabine tries to give him a lightsaber, tries to give him a blaster. He's like, "No, nah, I'm good." Halfway through the fight, he fucking steals one from he a picks one up. I know. Using, like, what do you? Okay, come on, just a little continuity so thing. And I was like, okay. "And was the? Do you think, especially with the lightsaber, it was more about him wanting Sabine to use it and less about him not wanting to use it? Maybe, maybe." Maybe yeah, maybe some in, in, indignancy there because Ahsoka has taken her on as like a Padawan, quote unquote, and there there was a little tension there in that. So maybe he's like, no, I don't want that. You use it. You're you're the Jedi now. So well, and then maybe also playing devil's advocate here, maybe he just didn't feel comfortable with the lightsaber. It's been fifteen plus years since he's touched <laughs> one of those things. Like, yeah. it, I wouldn't want to be around him swinging that thing around. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Could be a little bit of that. All right, ready to move on to best scene. So we'll do it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to steal Nate's that he mentioned, from, not steal his, but the one he mentioned earlier. I just love when Thrawn was watching the fight on, like, Gamecast from up in the <laughs> yeah. Star Destroyer. 
Mm-hmm. Anything with the Night Sisters, I pretty much loved anyway. Whether it was Morgan Elsbeth or um, the scene with the three of them where they put on like the laser light show for everyone. I think just because the Night Sisters in Clone Wars are so visually cool to me. They have like an aesthetic and like this color palette that we hardly ever see in Star Wars. And they're creepy as shit. And to see them adapted in live action is really, really badass. Um, like I also kind of the same reason and I'm glad they mentioned her here, but like, I've always been curious what Asajj Ventress would have looked like in live action. Cause she has sort of a similar yeah. like yeah. look to them in the face. And so anytime they're in it cup, coupled with Thrawn, just cause like the, everything with him is really interesting to me right now. I'll be um, curious was- if the Night Sisters bring in some form later on. It obviously won't be in this show, but later on in live action shows, if they bring her back, uh, Ventress. Ooh, I'm sure you caught it, both you guys, but did you hear when Anakin was mentioning her in the holocr- hologram? Yeah. To- so, yeah. Pretty cool, cool throwback to, to Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. That was just Filoni, like, fan-servicing all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Nate, what was your best scene? Um, mine was one we touched on just a second ago a little bit, but the the start of the Sabine-Ezra fight um, was my favorite scene. It kind of morphs into, I think there's a cutaway and then come back where Ahsoka comes in, but specifically that, that beginning. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with what we just talked about a second ago is him using the force and him denying taking a blaster at the beginning or a lightsaber. Um, but I think that was kind of set up there to show that, okay, it's been a decade or so. Um, we've been away. This doesn't necessarily mean Ezra has lost his touch. He still has a lot of that force sensitivity in him and maybe perhaps he has been training in that, in that practice and keeping that going. So, uh, that was a cool little insight into that. And hopefully that's what they're trying to set up here, um, is making sure that the audience knows that, Hey, he's, he still has this. He probably has been working on it on the planet while he's been with whatever the little fucking turtle things are. Whoop, whoop, Did they have a name? The notees. No, I did. I couldn't even remember if we got a name from them. Um, but anyways, yeah, the, the start of that and like, yeah, you see him use the, the force push. Like, I don't want to say like more than anyone we've ever seen, but have we ever seen it in live strong. action? It was pretty aggressive, and it was badass. We've never uh, seen yeah. it in live action, right? No, I don't think so. You've seen like Vader like pick people up and like throw them like a couple feet, but like he pushed people back like 10, 12, 15 oh, feet. Oh yeah, so. no, he like force pushed well, through that dude's heart. The, yeah, the that's one time. I, Go ahead, Horns. The one time I know we saw it was in um, Phantom Menace. Either Qui Gon or Obi Wan used it to push like a bunch of um, battle droids when they get to. Feet. Nah, oh yes that's like spring training it doesn't count <laughs> yeah that was, it, it's like but yeah Ezra was not fucking around and like Nate said like he's not been just like twiddling his thumbs while he's been on this planet so some shit has been going on with his training I'm sure so it'll be really interesting to see like where he comes yeah. out plus I mean he see maybe I'm just misreading it because I don't know the character as well but he seemed like really nonchalant and like jovial about seeing sabine for the first time in what like 10 15 years mm-hmm. like to me it just felt like a really muted react like way less than i would have thought but she reacted the same way so i don't, I don't know if they're both like trying not to be like over the top and like uh freaking the other one out how excited they are to see them but it it just did not feel like two friends that 
traveled literally through space and time to see each other after a decade and a half. Yeah. And I guess playing devil's advocate against that to support the reaction. Uh, I guess kind of what Banner was saying earlier, like he played Ezra like Ezra and he still had that child, childish, jovial nature. So um, almost kind of a naivety of like, oh, someone's going to find me. I'll be fine. And then they finally show up and like, yeah, of course, I knew Sabine or someone was coming to find me. Um, so maybe that's what it was that like this was a pointed effort to play that way and play like a child still, even though he's grown up quite a bit, just in that effort of saying, hey, yeah, I know people are going to come find me. I'm, I'm going to chill here for 10 years. They're going to come here and we're going to pick up like like we left off. So that could be how it was kind of directed to play. I don't know. Yeah, because. Uh, even though he says, like, is Ahsoka coming? They act like they got a table for three at Buffalo. Yeah, Dolphins. exactly. He's like, yeah, she's going to be here in a minute. Because or we should gotta, we go to a high top? <laughs> yeah. like, do we, we have, do have time for apps or just yeah. straight to the meal? I, well, let's order some. And then if she comes, that's great. But if, we'll get the dips. We'll get the dip platter, actually, if we can bring that around. <laughs> All right, Banner, what was your favorite scene? Um, well, you guys actually took my two favorite scenes. Um, so... I will just say a little honorable mention. I did really like the Ahsoka training episode with Anakin walking around. His look was early Clone Wars look, which was cool. He mm-hmm. had the the battle armor on. And then him talking about, you know, you, it's not always going to be droids. It's going to be uh, Dooku. It could be Ventress. It could be this person. It could be that. And, like, it it felt... I don't know. It was just really cool to see him training her again, I guess. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And again, it was just Dave Filoni, just fan service jizzing all over our faces. And I loved it. I mean, that well is not going to dry up. So they can go to the Anakin Ahsoka well as many times as they want. And it'll still be be interesting for me. And we didn't even mention the fan service of uh, 3PO showing up, too. Oh, yeah. Anthony Daniels came back. Yeah. And I just love Genevieve Morton as uh, Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma, yeah, she's so good. Mm-hmm. I do have a question about that scene here in a second. So, are we ready to move on to theories and questions? Do you guys Let's do it? Into it. All right, um, I'll go first. This is actually a ranking that I want us to do because as they were all fighting in the end, I was just getting very curious. So, can you guys rank these five people who are Force users in the show in terms of their abilities with the Force, strongest to weakest? <laughs> So the four are Shin, Ezra, Balin, Ahsoka, and Sabine. So, Banner, I'll let you go first. Give me your power rankings of the five Force users in this show, one to five. I think Sabine is, we can all agree, the weakest, right? Yeah. Yeah, going bottom to top, I would say Sabine, Shin, Ezra, Balin, Ahsoka. Okay, that was my same ranking. Nate, how about you? I was just typing those out uh, so I could have them here. Sorry, Banner, I was so, typing this out. Say, say yours again, Banner. One okay, top top we to bottom. I'm going to back backwards it now. Ahsoka, so five, five to one? No, one no, now, to five. Now it's one to oh, five for some reason. One to five. <laughs> okay. Ahsoka is the strongest Force user. Okay. Mm-hmm. Balin is second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Ezra is third, Shin yep. is fourth, and Sabine is fifth. Same, but switch Balin and Ahsoka. You think Balin is Whoa. more powerful than Ahsoka? He's, re- okay. he's, hold- he's holding back. He's okay. reserving so I, himself. He I, Ahsoka from- literally came back from the dead. 
He comes from and the old Jedi order. He comes from the old shit. He knows stuff. I have three like three scouting reports on these guys. To Nate's point, I have Balin second, but I did also put he's pulling his punches. He's holding um, back. I have Ezra at three, but I also said he is the biggest dark horse. Like he could have the most helium of anyone in this group because we don't know what the fuck he's been doing on the yeah. planet for so long. And those force oh, pushes. I know work. what he's been doing. I'll tell you what he's been doing. Masturbating is that why his forearms are so strong? Well, I mean, only in his free time. <laughs> and then he's got a lot of it. <laughs> Shin, I actually put. I think the gap between Ezra and Shin is pretty big. Her oh, pretty stock. Ooh, really? Oh, I was gonna say small. I was gonna say small. See, to me, she her stock really dropped this episode. She got pretty exposed. I felt like if given enough time, Sabine might have been able to kick her ass. That's a good point. She ran away at the end. I get it. I don't know. She's already lo- Sabine's already lost to her twice. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's why I'm like, I don't know if she just had a bad week or if Sabine just scouted her really well in the interim because it's hard she... to beat a team three times in a season. That's true. Because she whooped <laughs> Sabine's ass on that dark forest planet, and then here, I don't know if she's like nursing an injury we don't know about or what, but it felt like, and I know Ezra was there too, but it felt like a fair fight basically between her and Sabine when before it was like no con she was basically like playing with her food last time yeah. I that was a the, thank you that was a that was an interesting prompt there i like that yeah i, I like really, i like the rankings game that was fun yeah thank you i realized like towards the end i was like damn there's a lot of force users in this show and then when ezra started like shoving people all over there like shooting people all over the place i was like is he like the most powerful and then i was like, kind of backtracked off that i was like i don't know but he's Definitely the one I would be most afraid to play at a neutral site. He's got the highest ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Decently mm. high floor, too. Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right. Uh, Nate, how about you? We'll do a little round robin. Um, so I guess I just have one main theory here, and I think this kind of carries over from the last episode review, um, because I wanted an explanation to explain how – yeah, that was, I, I was like pausing. I was like, well, I'm going to say explain again. <laughs> I want to see how we could get Ezra and any of the characters in this into the next trilogy that's going to be coming out, which is uh, post-Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I like that um, theory on the last review you did. It, the timeline doesn't match up as well. So I'm, I am having an audible here, and I'm liking how this is going because Ezra, Ezra wants to get home. So I think they're making a big point on that. Um, since they're making a big point on it, I don't think it's going to happen as s- seamlessly as he wants it to happen. So I want to see them go to a another galaxy, different from where they are, different from the OG. That'll give them some time separate from some of the other movies, and then they can come back into the into the thread, into canon, and into this next trilogy that's going to happen. So who are they going to uh, know that would still be alive then? Banner, this is half baked. I don't know. I just want to get them into this next trilogy. (laughs) Yeah. Do you mean like past the sequel trilogy, Banner? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Wait, what? Isn't that when the next trilogy is happening? Is past the sequel trilogy? Yes. Yeah. Past. Yeah. Past Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So that's my other question too. Kind of tying into what Nate said. Did we figure out like when the sequel trilogy starts? I'm assuming right now Kylo Ren is what, like four or something or five? I think we talked about this like in Mando reviews. Yeah, like around five or six, yeah. somewhere around there. I think him and Ray are about so, the same age, I'm guessing. 
so the the empire pretty recently fell, right? Like a few years ago. We're I guessing. would say within five, the last five years, probably it fell. So what's the gap between that and then the first order starting up? Because I'm trying to figure out if Moff Gideon is trying to start up the first order, or if him and Thrawn both have like different nefarious plans that both fizzle out and then the first order comes like rises. I would say there's probably another fifteen ish years. That's exactly what I was about to say. Fifteen to to Force Awakens. Because it's been around a while, and then I would say Kylo and Ray are probably mid twenties, mid to late twenties. Yeah. During the movies, okay. during the trilogy. I'll uh I'll tell so you how we get there. Figure out the next... Okay, how? Well, first off, I'm gonna go back to uh, something that we said earlier as you know, you said, how powerful is Ezra? What's he been doing here? Uh, Kanan has been training him. Yeah. Kanan Jarrus, you know, the dead guy, but Qui-Gon mm-hmm. trained Obi-Wan from the dead. Right. True. So Anakin has been back in this series. See? So why can't, mm-hmm. why can't Kanan train Ezra? All right. Put that in your back pocket for a in, minute. In the, in the planet of the dead Purgles. Yeah, sort of unrelated, but mm. last episode, you did say that you had read Freddie Prince Jr. Did he say he wouldn't come back or he hasn't been asked to come back? I believe it was he has not been asked to come back, nor would he or nor would he come back, I believe. Interesting. But I'm going to pretend that I didn't say that, nor did I hear that. So <laughs> okay. um, I think that we're going to end up back at the uh, original galaxy far, far away. Um, I think Ahsoka is going to die in the next episode. I think that's why she wow. is no longer in it. I think you have been saying that. Yeah. I think, I think Dave Filoni created this character and I think he wants to end this character on his terms. Um, and Man. I think, I think that Ahsoka is going to die in the next episode. I think Thrawn is going to get away. And we are going to get a live-action Rebels season. Ezra and Sabine will be back in the original galaxy, team up with Hera, who we know is now has the green light to fight Thrawn from Leia. Um, We know Zeb. They spent a bajillion dollars to develop Zeb for him to not be in this. He was in literally 15 seconds of Mando. (laughs) Yeah. So it just makes sense financially that... They're going to utilize that more. Um, And I think Thrawn is going to eventually be defeated sometime in the future. Obviously, we know that. But I think he is who is going to rebirth the First Order. That'd be cool. I definitely think this is just the tip of the iceberg for him in live action. Especially because he was mentioned at the end of the last season of Mando. Yeah. Which I'm still curious, and this isn't one of my questions, but I'm still curious as to how he was communicating with the people that were with Moff Gideon. It's through the Night Sisters. He he but would like, talk to the witches, and then they talked to Morgan Elsbeth. So those people were in contact with Morgan Elsbeth because I thought she didn't get broken out of prison until the first episode of this series. Uh, she was in communication with them before she got captured. Okay, so they haven't talked for in a while, but the last message they got was before yes. Ahsoka basically apprehended her. Yes, that's that's my okay. story, and that's what I'm sticking to. Cool. 
Um, all right, I have a theory. This is really far-fetched, but also I just want to make this really stupid joke. Um, so I think episode eight of Ahsoka will be titled Ahsoka. And we will reveal that the cargo that Thrawn has been loading onto his ship are uh, the fetuses that they've been growing for Snoke that he's going to bring to Moff Gideon to help with the uprising of the First Order. I don't hate it. So we saw a little we saw a little tease of that at the end of Mando where Moff Gideon had like some versions of cloning that was going on. And I believe that Thrawn has figured it out. And he's going to use it as basically like a way to entice Moff Gideon to work for him. And then they will lead to the rise of the First Order until they no longer serve a purpose. And they will both be taken out by Palpatine, the puppet master. Hmm. Don't hate it. I like it. I'm just trying to line it up and see if that makes sense. I mean, it could totally make sense. Other than there's dead night sisters in those coffin things. <laughs> Other than Brian wants his theory to hold up. I also have another small theory. Senator Giono, the guy who was like giving Hera a bunch of shit. Yeah, God, I that, hate that guy. He is definitely like a Hail Hydra moment. He is part of the First Order, that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's, yes. like, he's in Gideon's pocket or something. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even like he's not even trying to hide it. No. Yeah. And sorry to like just steal all the theories and questions, but I'm kind of wondering what is really the point of Hera in this show? Is it just to introduce Jason? Because it's to I, set up I'm the next sort of, season of Rebels. I was gonna say I'm just sort of wondering like what why we even I love uh Mary Elizabeth Weinstead and I like her portrayal of the character, but I'm just like why what has she really done here? They basically excluded her from like all of the cool shit and like her even going to the planet when they were chasing uh Balin, she wasn't allowed to do. So yeah. it just introduced Jason and like these rebels. I think so. I mean, at least I hope so, because I know we've talked about this on some of the other reviews, but the, the subtle emphasis they put on Jason and like his force sensitivity and like bringing him in to the fold. Um, I think that could definitely be what it is because I mean, they're obviously putting putting some effort into making him part of this. He hasn't been in the last couple episodes, but they've at least planted some seeds. And I think that could be the ultimate goal of what they're trying to do here. Yeah, like we said, whoa. Um, the plot device of him, like, recognize what is that beeping? Who is that? I don't know what that is. Banner. God damn it. This is him, like, he's like Han Solo <laughs> after the hyperdrive breaks. It's not my fault. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think the only reason that Hera is in this show is to set up future shows with the Rebels characters. Um, again, I think that Filoni wanted to end Ahsoka on his terms. And in order for him to get that show, he had to wrap it up with Rebels as well. And so we have the... We're learning where all the rebels are right now, and the end of this show or this series is going to bring that group back together um, with Ezra taking Kanan's role and uh, Jason taking Ezra's role in that family unit. Yeah. I can also see um, that other dude, uh, the captain of the, or the, 
I have no fucking idea what is going on what right now, guys. Going? I have no <laughs> idea. Computer's what just doing an update on its own. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like You're making fucking noises. Um, <laughs> the the X-wing pilot. What the fuck is his name? Oh, oh Captain yeah. Carson. Carson. Yeah. Yeah. I could see him possibly meeting up with them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's your turn to draft in your fantasy football this week. Uh, did you have, any, have anything else? I have one more question, and I think it's a good one to end with. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so Banner has already made one uh, one prediction here, but with one episode left, uh, who dies or who doesn't make it back from the world beyond worlds? What are your guesses? That you can go first. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not off board with Banner's idea that Ahsoka doesn't make it out of this next episode. I mean, it makes sense with his supporting theory because Filoni created her. He wants to enter weird statement, but um, I can almost see it being like hauntingly beautiful. If they do it right, like Ezra doesn't make it off. Like the whole journey was about finding him. Um, And if they can make it to where he saves the others from escaping uh, the planet, um, I could see him not making it off um, and his his storyline being closed um, as long as there's a greater good that's kind of served in all of it. Maybe maybe Thrawn is defeated at the end of this, um, and that's what his final like swan song is, um, saving those and ending Thrawn and ending any threat that he's trying to do. So that could, that could be one that is kind of a far-fetched one, but as long as it's done right, I could see him going off. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I think you could – have Sabine is put in the position where she has to pick, you know, preventing the war that Hera and Ahsoka have been talking about or saving Ezra and bringing him back. And maybe she makes the call to not save Ezra. I'm going to make for an emotional ending. Interesting. Yeah. It would probably, it would be a surprise to a lot of fans too, because like you said, the, focal point of the show has been finding Ezra and then we find him and he ends up not making it off the planet. Be kind of heartbreaking. I think Morgan Elsbeth is going to get killed either like by Thrawn or he'll just like leave her there basically to die. And then one of, and I still don't know who because I can't fucking get a read on Balin and I love it, but either Balin or Shin is 100% dying. Um, but again, I could easily see Balin also this whole time being a double agent and actually being a Jedi, just trying to fuck with Thrawn, or he has like some other plan that we haven't seen yet. I just don't want Balin to die because of what you just said. Like, I want to see his plan and his ultimate goal like be played out, whatever it is. I don't give a shit. Whether it's the, the most interesting character of the show. Oh yeah, and on the review of episode six, Nate, the way you described Balin's like what like his desire his goal i thought was so well said because you were like he says the jedi have risen and fallen the Mm -hmm. empire has risen and fallen he's like i've seen it i'm sick of that shit like i want something that is sustainable but like what is that (laughs) i don't know he's got some master plan that he's he's not given to everyone else but that and that's why that's why it's so intriguing like he's got me reeled in so fucking off shin i don't care about her kill yeah her. and every time balin fights too i feel like he probably could kill the person he's fighting but he's like no nah, i'm not today 100 percent. yes he's holding that's why he's at the top of my list for force users in the show yeah yeah 
All right. I think All right, Banner, your who do you, I mean, lightsaber and your force ability are two different things. Oh, yeah. Didn't he do something weird with, like, the map, too, that was pretty cool with the force? Uh, he stabbed his lightsaber through it. No, but I thought he did something else. Like, he was, like... Mm, I don't know. I can't remember. Banner, did anyone die besides Ahsoka that we haven't mentioned that you want to... Uh, I agree. I think Morgan Elsbeth dies. Um... Does I Enoch think, die, you think? Uh, I don't know. Be, I kind of like, I cool like Enoch. Yeah. yeah he'd be a cool I'd like to see man. him make it out. Um, I think, I agree. I think Shin is going to die, and I think Balin is going to, I don't. I wouldn't call it exile himself to this new planner, to Peridia, but I think he's going to end up staying there. Yeah, he's got, I mean... He's been playing us all along, and he's going to do something where we're going to be like, holy shit, did not see that coming. I think he's too ambitious to stay there. Hmm. You don't think he'll just start a bed and breakfast? <laughs> you know, the, the Purgles need, like, a warm coffee in the morning and a croissant, so maybe. Yeah, they're like, he could start, like, a loves, but for Purgles. I love it. Purgles. <laughs> yeah, can you make a, gonna run a, a, run a, a, a croissant? A purgle funeral home. Yeah, where they can just Maybe. come and like shower and then die. They need some closure that they haven't been getting for thousands yeah. of years. I mean, it's there's a graveyard around it. Just saying. It's a good. It's a great point. <laughs> you guys have anything else from Ahsoka episode seven before we let the people go? Uh, I'm all tapped out. Nope. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah. Last episode. Yeah, Banner probably has to pick again in fantasy hockey or whatever here pretty soon when his draft buzzes at him. <laughs> well, one of Nate and mine's favorite words, it was the penultimate episode, episode seven. And I think we're set up for a pretty interesting finale. Um, I have a feeling that this show will stick the landing. I'm caught very cautiously optimistic. <clears throat> Until next time. He's the mad scientist, Brian Banner, and the American hero, Nate Thurman. I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek. We are the Broke Four Squad podcast. Thank you for listening to us. You can follow us on X or Twitter. Also on Threads, which I guess is Instagram, I think. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, at Bro Four Squad. If you type in Bro Four Squad as three separate words on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, just the internet, you'll find us. And of course, our website, BroForSquad.com. Till next time, we have to go listen to this voicemail that Anakin left. Oh, the hologram. Oh, that's fancy. Has anyone listened oh, to it yet? Pants are off. Now I'm interested. Not again. <laughs>